Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk about uh, Wild Mount and Critical Role and how uh, the Mammerser and Wizard of the Coast made a really good book. So it's out, you should check it out. Uh, thoughts on that and uh, games that we're playing. It's a lot of fun. everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, and before we begin, I'm, I'm dropping lots and lots of frames, so if you are having a bad uh, experience here, connect, uh, and by here I mean on YouTube, connect to uh, <laughs> Lucian over there on Twitch and you can catch the exact same show. I'm going to keep streaming-ish, I guess, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, I don't know what's going on, so... Yeah, it's just bad news bears all around. Um, but welcome, uh, Lucian. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am uh, hanging out and getting lots done. Um, so far, Twitch is being nice to me. With I did buy that new router. Me and you had talked about a couple weeks ago, and that yeah. seems to have cleared up my my Twitch problems. But it's obvious that the internet might be getting used a little bit more than normal. So I wouldn't be surprised if many of us see some problems. So hopefully. We'll have a nice smooth show. If not, the technical will blame the internet for the technical problems. If not, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's weird because like I haven't had this happen in a long time, um, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I just keep watching my frames drop, and it's really bad. Um, but uh, welcome. Yes, we talk about all things Dungeons and Dragons here uh, on the uh, Saturday morning D and D show, and. Uh, news and various other things in the world of D&D and just kind of tabletop RPGs in general. And yeah. today uh, we were going to talk about some, uh, a little book came out, a little, a little, little book called Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is uh, the critical role. No, it's not Tal'Dori, but it's the critical role source book for the other continent that campaign two is taking place on. Right. Right. And the planet's called Exandria or something like that, I believe. Yes. Chat or the world is called us. Exandria. So right. uh, not not a big Critical Role fan. Really bad <laughs> at the fact that I don't know anything about Critical Role. Uh, and, but I, I did pick this up on D&D Beyond because I was curious and I wanted, uh, the new spells looked really cool and some of the new races and things like that. So I wanted to check mm -hmm. it out. Uh, a lot of reprints. Like they kind of just took oh Air Genasi and they reprinted that so so a lot of uh, excuse me my ear is itchy but a lot of things that are uh, that were released in other pack packages uh, just got reprinted here and I always feel weird about that but it makes sense because uh, fifth edition Wizards of the Coast really wants fifth edition to be the PHB like the player's handbook plus something else so mm -hmm. uh, they're not gonna. There, you know, like, aside from mechanics, I guess, because there's a lot of stuff that's like, this spell is found in Xanathar's Guide. But when it comes to races, they're they're really fine at reprinting stuff because, uh, like, why not, I guess? I don't know. Like, it, it helps you to be like, oh, I want to play a game of Critical Role. All I need is the Wild Mount book and the Player's Handbook, and I can do that. So, no. 
And Cyberwolf is our resident uh, critical role expert, so he can fact check anything we, we say that's totally <laughs> off, off the wall. As he said there, Exandria is the planet, Tal'Dori and Wildmont are the two continents that we know about. I don't know if there's any more that have been discussed. Um, and Skull Dixon even said they'll probably release a book for that first one. Well, actually they did. You can buy a Tal'Dori campaign book that was released not in conjunction with Wizards of the Coast, but it was one that Matt did put together, I'm thinking about two or three years ago at this point. So you can, if you want to play on Tal'Dori or you can play on Exandria at this point. So or Wild Mount, just, yeah. Or Wild Mount, yeah. So just a show of hands in chat, uh, how many of you have bought the physical book or how many of you went to and got it through D&D Beyond or electronics means like you bought a PDF or something like that in some other way? So I'm just wondering how many people went out and got this physical book they're going to put it on their shelf so you guys can tell us about that in chat because me i'm thinking uh, our can our dungeon master bought it through um dnd beyond which is really seems to be a way many of us are leaning because you're going to use it in the campaigns that you're playing because you're playing some campaigns online and it's great to be able to go in and make your character and all that stuff's there for you to use I wonder if that gets to be so popular that somehow we start losing the books. Like, is there ever a point where we don't get printed books anymore? Um, that, no, really good question. I was interested in this and it was arguably cheaper on D and D beyond for me. Um, mm -hmm. and then with the content sharing that you can have with D and D beyond, uh, my dungeon master is able to share a bunch of the books that I don't have. I have most of them physically, but I don't have all of them digitally. But between the two of us, we have just about all of them digitally. And so, uh, not, and we don't even play online. And that's the thing of it is like, we all have phones or laptops or tablets. And that is our preferred method of playing is to like sit down with those at the table and we open mm -hmm. our laptops and then we have, and I don't know, it's just really nice to not have a bunch of eraser marks and, and things like that. And so it's, I, I really like it, but, uh, yeah. and then going back to what you're saying about Tal'Dori, uh, I'm excited for this book because Matt said, Matt Mercer said that, uh, this one or the Tal'Dori book, he was like, I was very inexperienced. I, I have the world, but I didn't really know how to lay out a book. And this time he has more experience. And he had the editors of Wizards of the Coast to help him. So it, mm -hmm. it is a more polished product, I think, is really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I bought the Tal'Dori book in print. It's on my shelf. Um, I enjoyed going through it. I enjoyed reading through the world of it. I liked the history of it. I even did a one-shot in it at one point, which was really fun to tie into a main kind of historical moment that happened many, many, many years back. And that was kind of cool. Um and I've been reading through this one digitally wise. Um, and I've, I've noticed too, the artwork, there was a lot more artwork in the newer one, but that's just because I think when you're working with um, Wizards of the Coast, they like to fill their books with artwork. They have a lot of good artists, but there's a lot of good critter artists in this too. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when me and Jordan say in the beginning, like we're not fans of Critical Role, we are fans of Critical Role. We don't keep up with it enough to know all the minutia of Critical Role is what we, so we know some of the characters and we, you know, we, we love how Matt plays the game and everything. We're fans of that. We're just, I can't keep up with, you know, where the current storyline is and what factions they're dealing with. And Correct. I've heard Menagerie Coast, but I don't know much about Menagerie Coast, you know, like yeah. in that sense. But um, I, I think it's interesting. It's not the book I was hoping for this year. 
I'm happy that it's out there for a lot of people that love this book. I have been seeing lots of people playing campaigns in it. In fact, we'll hear more about somebody we know very close, maybe sitting in this show right now, could be playing in a campaign of Wildmount. Um, and I think there's been a lot of streams out there and I've seen a lot of videos supporting it. I know I saw Ted, our, our friend of the show, Ted was doing a bunch of videos on it and kind of diving into the book and dissecting it and really cool. And what I like about this one, there was some of this in Taldori a little bit, but you're right. This is a, a more polished product and it has more for players and DMs than the other one did. The other one really felt way more DM centric. This one feels like they put enough stuff in that even players might want to pick this one up because you've got like three subclasses. Like you said, the spells, there's cool magic items, there's background stuff, there's races and stuff. So there's enough in there that a player could pick this up and really want to know about it and read about it and understand. It's not just DM centric like we get in some other books. So it's definitely, I think, a good balance and a balance that we've been talking about. We want to see in D&D games like we want to see this in all the books they put out this type of balance well just the um just for the maps alone i think it's yeah. amazing like Devin there's Rue's maps. there's a lot of maps here more so than i've seen with other other books mm -hmm. um uh, or other campaign settings of which we have two but uh the the there's a lot of free maps of the forgotten realms running around because of older editions and the same with uh uh eberron but um this had like I mean, you have the continent of Wildmount, and then you could, I mean, I'm looking at it on D&D Beyond right here, and then you could zoom into the Menagerie Coast, and they've got all this stuff. And then cities and islands and, and all signs. It was it was really good. I, I think if you're going to play a game, this book is valuable, I mean, just for the maps. Uh, mm -hmm. But also, it's got, it's, it's got some new mechanics, and it's got some fun stuff, like uh, mm -hmm. this hollow one I thought was really interesting, um, where you... Uh, you're you're basically undead but you're you're not in a way like uh, like creatures see you as being undead but you're i don't know you're not and so uh it looked like a fun way to if if a character does die uh mm -hmm. to bring them back in in a in a setting specific way and not just have them be resurrected or something like that like i like the idea that it's like well my mission's not done yet and so my body's mm -hmm. going to continue on until it is done. And that was, yeah. that was kind of cool. So I liked that concept. Um, I liked going through and finding all of the, because uh, we have the same races. We have humans, halflings, dwarves, elves. But uh, that chapter specifically about all of the races, you could pick your specific race and then find uh, how, do, how do you fit in. And, and this is, goes with me because I'm playing a tiefling. And I'm like, well, I know how tieflings fit into uh, the Forgotten Realms and, and other worlds, uh, but how, like, what makes them unique in Matt's world? And, and so it was just kind of fun to, to read through that and to understand where you're coming from, I guess. So, yeah. And I haven't got through all of it, but I'll have to go back and look at the Taldori book compared to this one, too, because in there, there was, he did talk about the other classes that he has made for his campaign world. So, like, um, the, the original campaign had like a gunslinging kind of yeah. character in it. And, they had like a blood hunter yeah. kind of thing that he had. I believe that's in the Taldori book. I don't know if they make mention of it. I'll have to look. I, I haven't read through the whole thing. It's It's been new for me so far, but I don't know if he's made mention of those in this new book yet. Yeah, I don't, have I, I haven't read the whole thing. I've read most of it um, mm -hmm. and I have not found mention of those. So I don't know if that's a Taldori thing. And oh. the subclasses that we're getting in Wild Mount are a Wild Mount thing, which uh, makes sense because uh, I keep going yeah. back to the Forgotten Realms. Sorry, that's what I know. 
but mm-hmm. like the other realm of Zakara had uh, mages that dealt with like sand magic and stuff like that. That was like native to their area. So it kind of makes sense that, um, so who knows, but I was surprised that the blood hunter wasn't in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I was just really surprised, yeah, but we do he's get been keeping up with we, keeping that class going. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's in D and D beyond. Like you could play it. We have one in a, in a game that yeah. I just started a couple, a uh, couple days ago. Um, but you get the fighter echo knight and then two wizard subclasses of, uh, like time magic and gravity magic, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's dunamancy spells and a bunch of other stuff, but, and then uh, how to get your, uh, your backgrounds to fit into the world and things like that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Are, it's it's really fleshed out, and I know that he has, uh, like, if I was if I was Matt Mercer, I would be feeling a lot of pressure to uh, make sure that my world was fleshed out because so many people are invested in it. Yeah. So it makes sense that he has every little minutia understood. Uh, but it's it's kind of cool. I mean, this is kind of the dream for a lot of a lot of dungeon masters, a lot of like uh, RPG people is that like I've spent the last, um, you know, 15 years developing this world with my players to have Mm -hmm. somebody else be like, can I take your world and run a game in it? Like that's, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. And, and now people can, and this is becoming part of, uh, like, Wizards of the Coast D&D canon as opposed to just this side element. Like it's now, I don't know, like it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. Well, they're going to, they're, uh, you know, if we have another convention uh, pending this virus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking they're going to do, um, just like with the Magic the Gathering worlds, they're going to teleport to Wild Mountain, have a game there and stuff, and maybe an yeah. Acquisitions game, Acquisitions Incorporated game in Wild Mountain. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, and, and to tack onto that, Yes, there's lots of designers that have gone into this. You can't necessarily attribute one person to a single world, but in a lot of ways, we kind of do that where we'll say like Greyhawk was really kind of Gary Gygax's campaign world that was fleshed out. Uh, Forgot Realms is Ed Greenwood's kind of campaign world fleshed out, made made whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Eberron is, um, I always forget his name when I'm trying He's to- Baker. Baker's fleshed out world. Now we've got Wild Mount is Matt Mercer's fleshed out world. We don't even have a fleshed out world for Chris Perkins. Has never got to do his own thing. Jeremy Crawford, Dark Sun. I don't know who they would have attributed Dark Sun to, but it might've been like Monty Cook or that group of creators that was was happening during the Planescape era. That might've been those people. Um, I don't know if I've never heard a name attached to them like the other ones have been attached to. Like they were their campaign world and then they yeah. were fleshed out into books so other people could play in them. Says um, uh, Timothy Brown and Troy Denning. Okay. See, names that we yeah. just don't don't pop up very often. So it's interesting. Like I like this, but I really hope that Dungeons and Dragons lets Chris Perkins and um, Jeremy Crawford create a campaign setting that is their name attached to it it is their campaign world that they've brought to life because i would love to see i mean they're very creative people they've been with dungeons and dragons for a very long time it would seem like you know they would it would be awesome to give them that same chance that they've just given matt they've given you know ed they've given gary just did it because he he built the game but you know it'd be interesting to see what that world would be like yeah i i i've always wanted for them to take uh, dragonborn and and tieflings and all of these races and all of these this magic 
and build a world around that as opposed to trying to fit Dragonborn into the Forgotten Realms or into these other worlds and things like that. Mm -hmm. And and I applaud Eberron for being like, we don't have tieflings. We don't have Dragonborn. <laughs> like, like mm -hmm. just limiting, like, the, these races don't exist. If you want to play one of them, you can figure out a way uh, because there's lots of, like, weird underground magics from the world below that could... Uh, create such a creature, but then allow that creature to be unique. Like there is one tiefling. There's not, you know, a, a, a race of them everywhere. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's uh, uh, now I'm reading about Dark Sun, so I need to get out of this wiki. That's a, the, a <laughs> yeah. hole I don't need to go down. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I, I like this book so far a lot. Um, and we'll get into this later towards the end of our show, but uh, I got invited to play in a Wild Mount game and if you follow me on Twitter, uh, it was last Saturday and I was tweeting and I'm just like, I have no idea where I am or what's happening. And like, there's just a city of the drow, but they're on the surface. And I'm like, what? And so uh, we we're running around having a good time. Um, but uh, I'm excited to play around with some of these new spells, I guess. That'll be really yeah. cool. So, Well, and with new campaigns like this, it's always cool because sometimes they they flip the known things about a race around especially Eberron did it with halflings. And I thought it was the orcs are a little bit different here in uh, Xandria yeah. or the, even drow obviously are different than how they're handled in Forgotten Realms as far as what their stats are, what their culture is like and all these other things. It, it could almost be like playing something very different, even though the word drow is the same in the two worlds, mm -hmm. they could be very different types of things. So that gives you another option to to role play something different, something you haven't got to role play before. Case in point, uh, something I really love about the Wildbound book is uh, Matt's take on goblins. Um, so specifically, uh, when I read through this, uh, goblins are, uh, the, the god Bane had has worked his evil into the goblin race, and so they have a curse upon them. But mm -hmm. if you take a goblin as, a, as an infant, and if you cast uh, Remove Curse on it, and it scores a high enough wisdom saving throw, the curse of Bane is removed from that goblin, and they are not they are now not innately evil. Like it's the god that's destroying this race. And so it's interesting because it's like, well, that's there you're not really evil, but you, you know, you're you're tied to this evil god for some reason. But if we can separate that from you, you could you could grow in your natural environment and then you're just, you're a free person. So they're really mm -hmm. like enslaved to evil in this way. And I thought that was really cool rather than, uh, nope, all goblins are evil and they have an evil God and they blah, blah you know, and think, mm -hmm. and in forgotten realms, like orcs are evil and orcs have an evil God and things like that. But you're right in Eberron, uh, orcs are just misunderstood. They're more in tune with nature. They're not, mm -hmm. they're the druids of the world of Eberron. Um, right. And, and yeah, and so I, I thought the goblins were really cool and that there's a, there's, there's a, a, a an area in uh, mm -hmm. goblin society. Oh, yeah, the, the Luxon Beacon. Um, and if you are a goblin kin born within 100 miles of this beacon, um, you, are sh you are shielded from Bane's corruption. And so there's like a whole city of like, you know, not, not necessarily good, but not like bloodthirsty evil goblin kin and... Mm -hmm. So I, that was really cool. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah. So it really allows you to play bugbears and hobgoblins and goblins and stuff like that uh, I, better, I guess, you know, more, it's more interesting that to me. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, cool. sorry. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, if anybody out there is thinking, well, maybe it's something I want, or maybe it's something um, I'm interested in, but I don't know if I really want to spend the money 
fear not because they just allowed you to play one of the free adventures from it because we're all kind of trapped at home. Yeah. And so you can go take a look at it. I believe it's on D&D Beyond that lets you play through the adventure. And no, uh, they teamed up with Critical that? Role. Oh, so it's just so, on their website or where, no, where do you no. get so, it? No, uh, no. So Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, uh, the adventure is in the, the book. Um, so if you get the book, you have the adventure in it. But uh, there's like uh, four or five adventures in Wildmount, I want to say. Yeah, um, four, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's four. So one of them... Uh, they teamed up with Roll20, and uh, you can uh, – and you guys can Google this. I'm sure you'll find it. But uh, it's uh, it's the Frozen Stick Adventure, um, and you get maps, and you get a bunch of other stuff. It's a, a level one one-shot, and they, they're just giving it away for free. And that's yeah, cool. that's a cool – I mean, that's a cool publicity thing. But at the same time, uh, this is actually – I, I believe they did that because everybody's trapped inside and roll 20s like, Hey, let's get some more people playing D and D online so that, you know, yeah. we're not spreading a virus around and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, head over to roll 20 and you can uh, check out at least this adventure and see if you're interested in the world of uh, wild Mount. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And that could maybe if you like it enough, that might be the, the reason you go and buy the book or if it's just okay. And you're like, okay, that's no big deal. Save your money. And maybe you'll buy out the next book, which is what my favorite one we're coming to that is <laughs> the one I'm excited for. But um, so that was about, I mean, I'm still reading through it. I think it's interesting. I will probably be watching some of the online um, games being played in it. We'll hear about your campaign throughout the next few weeks. Is your campaign, maybe we'll jump ahead just for a second. Yeah. We is yours a long now. campaign? Do you think? Do you guys have a time limit on yours? Um, at this point? You know, we don't have a time limit, so, so I think it's, I think it's just kind of it, yeah. We'll go tell, and it's it's a custom game. We're not playing the one shots. Uh, he's he's making a custom game, um, and this was the first time that uh, I actually had a DM do this. So uh, Nathan, my DM, wrote down like four or five uh, jumping off points. And I think Matt Mercer, blah, 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 my words. I think Matt Mercer has talked about this, or Matt Colville, sorry, Matt Colville, Colville has talked this. about this, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're like, write down things that you're excited about and then ha and then pitch it and then have the players come back and be like, I really want to play this. So we had one that was like, we were going to do a bunch of dwarf centric stuff underground. And then we mm -hmm. had one that was going to be like a murder mystery. And then we had one that was mm -hmm. like a political intrigue. And for every one he wrote down, he's like, this one would have like high combat. So like high tactics and like medium role playing and blah, blah, blah. And then this one would have high role playing, but like the tactics would be like, I don't know, we'd have a fight every so often, but like more you're exploring the world and, and uncovering mysteries and solving puzzles. Um, and that was really fun. So we all gave our input about what kind of game we wanted to play. And then mm -hmm. we got to pick which one we wanted and we voted. And, and so we, we were playing the one that we're currently playing. Uh, and so that was really fun. So, but no time limit set. There, yeah, no time limit. Uh, we started at level three, which I'm thankful for because I'm like, uh, level one is just so, so, well, I'll get into that a little bit later too, but I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, level one is hard. Uh, Cause I'm just like, I want things to do and I don't have abilities yet. It's real mm -hmm. tough. Um, so we're level three. I'm a tiefling conjuration wizard. Uh, and I don't think I, did I tell you about this as well? Um, Hero Forge, uh, Nathan's friend, my DM Nathan has a uh, uh, access to a 3D printer. And Ooh, so nice. he said, make your 
make your character on Hero Forge and we'll buy the, the print and then my friend will print it and he's like, I'll paint it and we'll have custom minis for this campaign. And well, so now it's, it's awesome. But like, <laughs> think about when your character dies. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I'm so invested in my <laughs> wizard now that I'm like, he can't die. Like I yeah. know, like <laughs> I need him to live because I'm just like, I've got this cool mini and I've got this other mm -hmm. stuff. So apparently the minis are done. We didn't have them last week cause they were still printing, but uh, he's been viciously painting them. Cause he's a big, uh, he's into miniature painting. And so- Yeah, uh, that Hero yeah. Forge stuff is really cool. They're kickstarted really cool. colored plastic Hero yeah. Forge, uh, professionally painted stuff. Yep. And they're getting to the point where you can just about make any type of character you want that represents the character yeah. you're playing game that's such a cool thing that they're doing it's really really cool so and my, that you can buy the printing thing so you can do it yourself yeah yeah you can buy the file and then print it yourself so yeah. uh but it's the the one thing and and hero forge if you're listening i want to talk to you about familiars <laughs> so they had a, a wide array of familiars that you could add to the base of your of your mini so like mm -hmm. oh i've got like a cat or i've got this but uh the witch plus craft book came in my Kickstarter. It arrived in my house from a Kickstarter. And in that book, it has alternate familiars. And one of the familiars is a piggy bank. And mm -hmm. you literally can, uh, like if you put a pile of coins down, the piggy bank will run up and eat them. And it can store like 500 coins in its belly. Uh, and when you dismiss your familiar, those coins are stored in the extra dimensional space. So I really wanted to use that. And my DM said I could as a familiar. And I'm very excited because I made my character kind of greedy. And he's always like, like he's just kind of looking at the angle of like, but how do I profit from this? And that's going to mm -hmm. be my motivation going forward with my character. Uh, and I think it ties into having this silly little piggy bank. Um, but Hero Forge, you didn't have a pig. I wanted a pig familiar so bad. So I had to go with like a little treasure chest or something at my feet instead of a pig. But I was really sad. So I might have to go buy a little pig familiar uh, separately. Yeah. And There's gonna be like somebody has 3D printed a, a little pig yeah. figure. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really like that I have this fun little piggy bank that can spit coins at enemies for one bludgeoning damage. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Very uh, cool. Well, back to the news before we jump news. too far ahead Sorry. on Jordan's <laughs> game playing. He's excited about it. He's been talking about it a lot. Um, I did notice that there was a expansion to Dungeon Mayhem, and I've been seeing a lot of people play it because if you're stuck at home and you've got your kids, you got your family sitting there, you know, maybe your mother-in-law or maybe <laughs> even your mom or dad are there and you just want to sit and play around at the table with the kids, Dungeon Mayhem has been one of those things that people have been kind of going to, and they have uh, expansion for it, Monster Madness, so that you can play some of the monsters. And, and did you see some of the things you could play? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, I actually. Was There's that, like a... Yeah. Uh, a beholder and a mind flare and a gelatinous yeah, Read cube. the names though. Yeah, read the yeah. Names. That's so, the good thing. Doctor Tentaculus and <laughs> yes. uh, Blorp, the gelatinous cube, Blorp. and uh, Mimi Leche, which is yeah. a mimic chair. Yeah. So Lord Cinderpuff, which is a uh, dragon. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Uh, I have not played this really game, but it is. It's D and D themed, so it's kind of fun yes. to play with the monsters you're familiar with and things like mm -hmm. that. So, but yeah, good artwork on the cards. Yeah. Definitely very family centric. You can play it with even younger kids. Uh, my dungeon master has several children that he they love playing it, and they love this new monster thing because apparently his kids like the monsters more than they like the heroes. That's so. that's so they're, they're all them. about the like his his daughter is like in love with beholders, so they have beholder stuff animals and oh, they cute. have. 
you know, all kinds of stuff. So she loves that. And so he was always talking about it. So I thought that's a cool thing. So if you see it out there, you're looking for a fun D and D themed card game. Um, you can check that out either the expansion of dungeon mayhem, which is fun or monsters madness is the, is the part to it. That was kind of cool. Um, for those of you, it came out probably last week and we didn't talk about it and put it on our show notes. I forgot it, but the dragon plus issue number 30 is out and there's a lot of good stuff in this issue um this time around there there's definitely a lot of stuff that talks about wild mount but there's also some because we're in the year of the rat they did a lot of deep dive stuff on rat adventures or rats over the time of dungeons and dragons and different types of rats and things like that and then um they they have lots of good artwork in there there's lots of good free maps in there there's a free um adventure in there so if you haven't checked out Dragon Plus Magazine, definitely go out and do that. Bart Carroll does a really good job bringing that together because we used to have Dragon as a magazine and, and it was something that really helped supplement games back in the 80s and 90s, but kind of print magazines went away mm-hmm. where you get the digital version of that is really the thing keeping it going, like zines or you know digital versions of magazines uh, is a good way to just introduce more elements to your mm-hmm your game and there was um there's an article in there about they asked an artist to kind of refresh some of the drawings from the fiend folio and i love the fiend folio the fiend folio book is what got me into dungeons and dragons nice when i saw that artwork i was just like i'm i love this stuff i I love it so much and uh there he did some redrawings of them and they look so good and and he's like i'm so surprised that some of these haven't already been remastered or re not even mastered because the old artwork was really evocative but nobody's reprinted them in future books you know like yeah. these cool things and he's like so i got a chance to do a blindheim or something you know something really cool um so i just thought that was really good check that that uh, dragon plus magazine issue number 30 is out you can check that out so we also i wanted to put in our show notes because we keep forgetting Number one, the name of the book that we I want, but Mythic Odysseys of Theros, which we kept, we just knew it was Theros. We couldn't remember. Yeah, we it. just kept saying Theros, I guess. Yeah. June sorry. 2nd release. Let's put that on our calendars. June 2nd. So we've got um, at least a couple months yet before we get to it, but it is the Greek-inspired expansion of uh, Magic the Gathering. It has some fantastic artwork that I've already seen with it. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to get two new subclasses for sure. And I'm sure they're going to tell us more about what we're going to get with this as we get closer and closer the to Seder the Seder race. Um, lots yeah. of, lots of, yeah. Uh, Greek mythology-esque stuff. So, so really yeah. good stuff. I'm new really monsters, excited yeah. for it. I feel like this, if you're a big Dragonlance fan, you could lean into this world. If there's some Dragonlance like stuff to it, adjacent to it, but also classical myth, adjacent so if you want to do odyssey jason the odyssey you want to you know you want to do um clash of the titans style game you want to do those kinds of things i think this would be a really good book i can't wait to see it i loved Guildmaster's guide to ravnica so i'll be very interested in mythic odysseys of theros and see how it works um i tried to look up Baldur's gate 3 release date it has not been announced yet but it's supposed to go to early access sometime in 2020 yeah so if it doesn't get pushed, which we know video games can, and that has happened, we hopefully will be seeing early access on Steam sometime later this year. But we'll see how that goes. Because all of the trailers I've seen in all the gameplay videos, it's something that I'm really interested in trying to get for us to play. I think it'd be cool co-op. It's very Divinity, uh, Original Sin kind of mm-hmm. isometric, top-down, um, turn-based 
Baldur's Gate game, you know, like the kind <laughs> of stuff that we all we all know and understand from playing early flayers. computer games. Yeah, Mind Flayers. I love my, this is the <laughs> best bad guy ever. Mind Flayers. I love them. Then another one I didn't even know about. Um, I just happened to see this. It was called. It's by Dice Masters, and it's called Trouble in Waterdeep, and it's called a dice building game. Now I I know card building games. Me and you got to play mm -hmm. at Gen Con. We played the the Marvel card building game. We had this really fun time sitting at the hotel with Cyberwolf and Greybeard and me and you, and we were playing. You know this cool kind of card build deck building game where. Mm -hmm. As you go through, you keep adding cards to your deck. You make it more powerful, and you're fighting villains and really cool stuff. I hadn't even realized there was a dice building style of game out there, and you could even play a Dungeons and Dragons dice style game. So I'm interested in seeing this. This might be one of those I try to find when I go to Gen Con. I'm hoping it's still on. I'm hoping yeah. we're all going. I'm hoping that's happening. It might go on my list of something to find out in the Gen Con show floor to see if I can pick up a copy of this dice building game. Maybe, hopefully they'll so, be there. That I can buy uh, if it's the game I'm thinking of, uh, I, I tried the Marvel version and uh, there's like a base game you can buy, but the idea is that you get uh, uh, sealed packages, kind of like Magic the Gathering boosters. And so you buy that and you're like, oh, sweet, I got a Venom or, oh, I got this, you know, I got a Spider-Man. And then it comes with dice and then uh, you you kind of like roll those dice or, or plot them along your uh, your card somehow. I, I literally played it once and I don't super remember it. But yeah. looking at these photos, it's exactly the same game, but with a and D theme on top of it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what it looked like to me. Like it wasn't built for D&D. &D. It looks like it's definitely a, a skin being put over it but it was i thought it was interesting it was a style of game i hadn't played mm -hmm. was a dice building game it yeah. sounded kind of cool so it's, it's something i definitely thought i would look into and they did mention it in um the dragon magazine too if you want to see all the the new products that are released and coming out they go through each and every one of them in dragon plus magazine so far so we haven't seen mm -hmm. anything um announced yet that oh that gold waiting. edition of eberron rising from the last war from beetle and grim yeah they show that in uh uh the the um issue 30 here of the of the magazine and man there's just like some cool stuff but 250 dollars <laughs> <laughs> for that special edition <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta put some money down for beetle and grims that's there for was sure. a <laughs> there was a, a another podcast i listened to they were doing an unboxing of it and uh on their YouTube channel. It, it looked really cool, but I was yeah, like, yeah, it's cool. just real expensive. But that is about it for news. I think after this week and maybe another week of them pushing Wildmount, they'll get into full gear of for the next month or so pushing Theros. Um, and then probably within a month or two, we'll start to get hints of what's coming after that. I assume mm -hmm. something's coming after that. Um, we've had two campaign books now so I'm expecting either a new collection of monsters, monster manual of some sort, um, or a more like a Xanathar's Guide kind of book coming where it's just a bunch of classes, rule expansions and stuff. Because it feels like if we've got two campaign books, it's time to, to shake that up and give us something a little bit different than go back to maybe some more campaign books. Or yeah. So I don't know. We don't know for sure, but that's, that's where I'm leaning. Yeah. Uh, any other news before we jump over to um, our party? No, I don't think so. It was just, I mean, Wild Mount's out. Uh, also, actually, we should talk about this. Uh, the Let me go back to it so that I know what I'm talking about. Oh, Forgotten Realms mm -hmm. L'Oreal Silverhand Explorers Kit. Um, mm -hmm. That came out in conjunction with uh, Wild Mount. And it's, all, it's dice, uh, which is fine. 
Um, but we were kind of thinking this was being tied to a book of some sort. But, I, I mean, it's out. You can buy this. Uh, it looks real pretty. Comes with a nice map of the Sword Coast. And I don't... Did you get the Baldur's Gate dice? I didn't. I'm thinking about getting these ones, though. Yeah, I am thinking about getting these, too. sided map of the coast and water deep yeah which i'm in adventure in okay yeah so that would be really good for you um but it has uh these so the Baldur's gate descent into avernus dice came with these uh cards yeah. underneath the dice box that had little bits of lore about the various demons of the of the nine hells or of avernus specifically and things like that and it was really cool and so you got these little like flash cards of lore and mm -hmm. this is uh, very similar, only it's about the Sword Coast. So you have little flashcards of like Neverwinter and Icewind Dale and Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate and blah, blah, blah. And, and various people there like uh, Silverhand herself. Um, mm -hmm. And the dice are blue and beautiful. And the box they come in is also a rolling tray. Felt lined. Uh, yeah. Felt lined. Really cool stuff. So mm -hmm. again, we were, a lot of us were thinking like, oh, well, this is going to be matched with a book that's going to have all those subclasses in it. And maybe it still will be, but it, it's really weird to release this just out of nowhere. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I, it, 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 you know, this doesn't tie into, like, why not make a wild mount critical role set of dice to go in mm -hmm. tandem with the wild mount book? You know, so it was weird that we're getting a, like a Forgotten Realms, and here's a little Forgotten Realms extra. So uh, I was I was really expecting another book to be announced before this was released, but it was released, so it's out there. Mm -hmm. You can pick it up. I suppose it's still possible they tie a book to it, maybe even though the dice set is out. So maybe we are going to get a book with her name on it that is a like a Xanathar's Guide kind of book, but her kind of guidebook or her. You know, that's what i was wondering if it's gonna it be yeah her her yeah. guide to whatever so i don't know yeah maybe maybe we'll still get it um i expect we're gonna get one this year of some sort some type of xanathar guide-esque book of some sort that i i can't imagine that we'd go 2020 without one with all the ua articles that are out and the way they've been going so i'm excited to see I'm, i can't wait till they drop some hints we haven't got a lot of spoiler and swag um shows that seem to have died off towards the end of the year and the startup of this year we've gotten barely any D, &D news but i know greg tito got sick after he got back from like a new york toy con toy con or something and he's been working from home for the last three weeks and he just finally did a new D, &D, &D news from his house um but it feels like We've not been getting a ton of new information out of them so far this year, but it could just be circumstance. It could just be the way things have shaken out that, you know, maybe it'll all pick up here again soon. Cause I don't know, D and D live, maybe they're in a big canceling of D and D live before it even gets going. It hasn't yeah. even been announced. Um, people were really looking forward to going to an event like that. Again, we've had two really good ones that people have been able to go to and have a lot of fun at, but now, we haven't heard anything yet this year on it, or is it just later in the year and it hasn't come time to, to start advertising that kind of stuff yet? Um, we know lots of conventions are canceled. Everybody's moving to, I've, even in our Discord, people were mentioning GaryCon going to a, a virtual con yeah. or those kinds of things. So we'll have to see what's going on with, with that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think we just need to wait it out and <laughs> and maybe hit reset on 2020 and we'll come back in 2021 with lots of cool stuff to do so who knows hey but... thanks 20 sides to every story is now hosting us thank you that's awesome thank you <laughs> that's a cool name i like that 
So that brings us to my favorite part of the show, or at least most of the time, bardic inspiration. One of these times I'll run the thing. Yeah, we'll have a little tune. <laughs> Any musically able people out there that want to create a tune for that, let us know. Um, but bardic inspiration is this little slot I like to throw in where we throw out a, a very, a, almost like a one sentence pitch or a one sentence idea to maybe kick off a campaign or maybe some adventures or, or maybe some rule change ideas to just give the dungeon masters and the game masters out there something to think about and say, oh, you know what? I might try something like that. Mm -hmm. So I went with, this isn't, this is an oldie, but a goodie. This is maybe showing my age. I don't know how many of you probably have seen this movie. Maybe you've just heard of it. <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Do you remember this old movie, Jordan? You ever watched this old movie? Um, I'm trying to, I don't, I, I get this and pod people confused. It's, I, it's, I've seen it is pod basically, people, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I've seen this one. So. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so the, the premise is there's something taking people over. And my idea was, could we run an Invasion of the Body Snatchers campaign to see if your players could root out the cause of what's going on and then somehow fix it if they could? Or what do they do? Do they run away from it? Or, or do, they, do they get consumed? Um, and I also think this would be really cool if you had a player or two in mind that you knew was going to get infected but was willing to play along with you like was willing to really ramp up the tension and, mm -hmm. and play the part of being somebody who's been taken over almost like some people have done a doppelganger kind of um, centric campaign where somebody has been placed, but a body snatcher was this idea that these pods would grow outside your house. They would take <laughs> you over, you would disappear, you're mm -hmm. dead or be killed or whatever. And they, they knew your memories or at least some of them and they, they could mimic your life and they would try to, to take over your life but they also could communicate with each other and they were slowly taking over the whole world or at least the whole city. So my idea was, could we do a uh, invasion of the body snatchers campaign? Mm -hmm. I think what you would do is you'd pick a cool locale. You'd have your players come upon it and you would have somebody that they would recognize and they would work with quite often, maybe for two or three adventures. But then after the fourth or fifth adventure, that person starts acting very strange to give them this idea of, wait a minute, something's going on here. And that starts leading them down the road of, wait a minute, this town we're in is slowly being consumed by body snatchers or doppelgangers or whatever you want to do and, and just run the campaign from there. I think that'd be a really fun way to, um, to try to mess with your characters a little bit, mess with NPCs and a real mystery, real try to keep the, um, even like remember John Carpenter's The Thing was yeah. really that way. The alien came in and mimicked somebody else and it tried to stay within until it could get to a bigger um, population, uh, yeah. Population to then really go. And they had to try to figure out who's who's not the right person, right? So I think that that was my idea. I thought that would be a fun campaign idea for somebody to try. Mm -hmm. If anybody tries that, let us know. Or if you've done a campaign like that, definitely let us know in the, in the comments or even in chat here. But what about Jordan's part of Conspiration? What happened this week or in the past couple of days that you thought, you know what, I could make a campaign out of that or this could be something interesting. <laughs> well, I like, I want to say, I like the idea of what you were saying and that uh, you were almost saying, or correct me if I'm wrong, that you could have somebody in on it. Like you yeah. are the thing, but I, I want to play it more like you have five players. One of you is the thing, but you don't even know which one. And so oh. everyone, everyone is fighting to keep themselves um, alive because 
whether they whether they are the thing or not, they want to do that. And so, like, if if you were replaced by a doppelganger, you still are going to behave like your character. And then mm. uh, maybe through some random happenstance, it comes out that it's like, oh, no, Billy, you were the thing. And he's like, ah. Oh. And it reminds me of uh, my favorite board game, Betrayal at House on the Hill, where everyone's working together until the haunt happens. And then one person becomes the villain. And it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is now a werewolf or something like that. And then it's all four of them against that person. And I've always wanted to do a D&D game kind of like that as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So good idea. Um, I, I had a couple of ideas for Bardic Inspiration. Uh, uh, one of them was we were just talking some friends about uh, playing yourself. Like, we always build mm -hmm. up these characters in D&D. But what if you statted your physical body as a level one whatever? Eight and then, strength. yeah, something. Oh. And like, be, be honest with yourself, you know? And then the whole game is that you have been magically teleported into this fantasy world. So now fantasy physics apply, but you're still just like, I don't got any muscle or like, I'm not super smart or, and then what class would no you classes. level up on? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah you, ha you don't have a class, but now that you're in this fantasy world, you start, you know, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, I have the night class already hands oh, down. Oh, there you go. And I've sent you a video that proves it. <laughs> That's my point. So you do these recreations of medieval yeah. fights. You could then leverage that knowledge in your game. Right. Uh, or if uh, you were a chemist and you knew how to build gunpowder in real life, you could mm -hmm. introduce gunpowder into this fantasy world and, and build guns. Like, how would you... How would you use your knowledge of physics and modern day things, electricity even, mm -hmm. to help you win fights? And I kind of liked that idea. So yeah. that was that was my bardic inspiration. I like the idea of uh, playing yourself. I had a couple friends do this with a White Wolf game a mm -hmm. while back where they statted themselves out and then the whole game was played in our town uh, during a zombie apocalypse. And it's like, nice. what would you do during a zombie apocalypse as you? You're, mm -hmm. you're just you. And so uh, kind of a fun idea. And I don't know if you could translate it as easily into D&D, but it, it could be fun. So. But it is kind of the fantasy dream, right? It's the idea yeah. that there, there's the two main storylines that you get with role-playing games. And it's <laughs> players are playing around a table of role-playing games and they themselves get sucked into the world through some craziness. Yeah. And now they're in their world as their characters. Mm-hmm. And they're in this world, but they still have their own mind and they still remember all mm -hmm. the other stuff. Or it's the other one where they just, they themselves have been sucked in and they, they don't have any of their special abilities, but now they're in this world that they're so vested into. And those are really fun stories. I mean, I read lots of books that have that kind of storyline into it. Um, the modern day version of that is players that get into the virtual reality uh, yeah. MMOs are playing it, but then they somehow get sucked into the MMO world and mm -hmm. now they're there and they have to find a way out type thing. That's just like a, such a common lovable trope. I don't say trope <laughs> in a bad way, like in a great way that this is that little fantasy that we all wish would happen to us. Like secretly in the back of my head, mm -hmm. I can't wait to like go through that roller coaster and the D and D cartoon and I pop out and I'm in forgotten realms. Mm -hmm. oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. So that's really cool. And I like that one a lot. That then, Hey, if any of you are out there running a campaign like that, let us know in the comments, tell us how it's going. Tell us how your players are reacting to it. Or if you have your own little bardic inspiration about a cool idea for your campaign or just for anybody to use, go ahead and put those out there too. Cause we like to share that kind yeah. of stuff. 
for sure. Very cool. So let's get into Jordan's games because we already started with a little bit of your wild mount, but let's jump in. Let's let's give you a chance to really go and tell us about. Oh what man. So yeah. So uh, I'm playing. I'm playing a wild mount game. Um, the people there. There are some old players that I played with and some new players, but. I will say the I think there's only two of us, me and this other guy, who know nothing of the world of Wildmount. Uh, we don't really listen to Critical Role, uh, but we're fans of D and D. Um, and I, I have not played a lot, but I've also never gotten a chance to play a wizard. So when everyone was asking, like, well, what do you want to play? What do you want to do? I kind of threw out that I'm like, you know, I'd like to kind of play a wizard because I've never gotten to play one. And they mm -hmm. were like, oh, well, we don't have a wizard yet. We all want to play this. So that's like the perfect choice. I think that'll balance the team great. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. So uh, I, I specifically like Conjuration Wizards. And I chose Tiefling um, kind of on, uh, oh, because I wanted to be greedy. Uh, I'm going back to the piggy bank thing. I wanted to have this piggy bank familiar. And uh, the Tieflings of Mammon, which is one of the uh, Lords of Hell, um, mm -hmm. one of the seven layers, he's all about um, greed. And so being a tiefling of that guy, I got access to mage hand so I can like steal things from afar. I get access to tensor's floating disc as a racial ability. And nice. I get access to arcane lock as a racial ability. So I liked all of these where I could kind of like, oh no, like I have to do this or I have to like move this quickly with my tensor's disc and stuff like that. So, so they're all fun spells that are not in they're not in uh they're charisma based but they're not like offensive spells that if i have a low charisma it doesn't really help me so that was kind of the idea of that and i like having characters that have these interesting things i'm a failed merchant is the idea so i tried to sell a bunch of stuff maybe i tried to sell things that were uh, uh not legit and tr at a higher <laughs> price or something but like ooh. so now i'm gonna try this big george yeah, fake, jeans exactly <laughs> so now i'm gonna try this adventuring thing because there could be more money in that but everything's kind of about money and I re i'm really enjoying it uh our first our first session was really just uh you meet in a tavern and our dm was even just like i'm sorry it's cliche it just makes the best sense go with me and we'll have fun and we're like we're 100 okay with this so mm -hmm. we we had a lot of fun there uh we ended up chasing uh, or a goblin chef got killed and we ended up chasing the drow to figure out who killed him and uh because it was a there was a drow running down the streets or something so we're currently in the sewers of uh this this uh, city called oh i brought it up because lucian was gonna test me uh rosona the the gordranis um we're in this like a uh, monster city of dark elves and uh running around but i'm having a lot of fun it's it's refreshing to play with new people again too like you're just like mm -hmm. oh yeah you have a different way of role playing than other people and so that's kind of fun uh yeah so really excited about that we're playing that tonight um might be online we might meet in real life again depending on how everybody feels symptom wise uh so this, the, the virus has not third level yeah we started at third level yeah yeah uh, right. so that'll be cool uh rod of seven parts is really fun uh that is my wednesday game that i am live streaming that you guys can watch on nerd immersions channel if you want uh also the podcast is on my patreon which you could be a subscriber for a little as a dollar a month and uh we're having a lot of fun so that's episode four i believe so far that we've had um and players are just keeping me on my toes. Like, I'm always like, oh yeah, I think you'll do this and I think you'll do that. And they are like, well, we should probably do this. And I'm like, okay. 
And uh, it's a lot of improv on my, my side, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And it's really fun that players are so uh, invested and some of the best role play I've had in a game personally, because these guys mm -hmm. just want to talk to each other in character. And they, they created backstories that they knew each other from previous missions and things like that. So uh, we're having so much fun. Currently, they are mm -hmm. in the Underdark, uh, and they've uncovered an abolith in a slime cocoon with a mind-controlled drow mage looking for more segments of this uh, this rod of seven parts. Um, should be really, really fun. Very uh, cool. Yeah. And then my last thing is uh, we have a brand new Dungeon Master who wanted to try a new game, and he had a concept from a supplement that uh, is out on the DMs Guild called The Weird and Wild, and that's weird, W-R- W-Y-R-D, Weird and Wild. And this supplement is about playing kind of a, a really harsh survival game in like a, a creepy, dark, magical forest. And so he wants to do low magic and uh, just like how do you survive in these woods. Um, so we started out at level one, and this was a, this was a game that we usually play at our friend's house, but... Uh, we decided to try it over Google Hangouts, which worked out really well, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I decided to play a fallen Azimar uh, fighter. Uh, and I, I, I Seven, my Warforged was a fighter, but I was like, I don't know. There's lots of different flavors of fighters. I guess I'll play a fighter. Uh, and I died really quick uh, because I got cocky, and I decided to go fight a bunch of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But the as we died... Uh, we ended up, we died outside of this village and we ended up waking up in the, in the village on some like medical beds and this, uh, wizard or mad scientist or something said he would give us, uh, uh, life new, like he would revive us. Uh, but we had to sign a magical contract to kind of be his errand boy. And we don't, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the whole game. We're not really sure where it's going. So even no. though I failed all of my death saving throws uh, and died, I got this blood transfusion. And so we'll see how that works into the story. But yeah, uh, true, true death isn't true death. Yeah, yeah. It's only mostly death. It's mostly death. <laughs> uh, but I, I was like, I guess I'll roll a new character. I don't know. So, yeah. uh, and those are my games. Really excited. Uh, been playing lots of D&D &D with uh, Rod of Seven Parts giving me, or keeping me, Energize. If you guys are interested in Rod of Seven Parts uh, Dungeon Prep, I do that tomorrow morning pending my internet working on YouTube uh, at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. And I will. Uh, you can hang out with me on uh, the Jordan with a PH channel and mm -hmm. uh, we'll we'll craft the next section of, of Rod of Seven Parts. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, Very cool. but Lucian, what are you doing in games? Yeah. How, how are you holding up? So we're playing two campaigns in one. If you've been keeping track, we're playing... Uh... Waterdeep Dragon Heist at the exact same time we're doing an Act Inc. campaign that we've slammed them together. So we are our uh we have an inn that is called the Good Night Inn, is ah, what I like we it. called it. <laughs> and uh our people are really getting into that aspect of it, but we're also playing the the Waterdeep Dragon Heist. We're playing, I forget what season we're playing of it. It is a different season that I've seen played before, which is cool because I did watch Adam Coble's version of it, um, which was really cool. And so we're getting to play that and I'm playing a halfling, a soon to be Cavalier. We're only second level. We'll probably make third level after this next session. Um, these are being streamed on Danimal DM's channel. And it's a really fun adventure. We've got a really good group. We've got a really weird eclectic group of misfits that, um, <laughs> 
they're a bunch of ne'er do wells, and my cavalier is the is the goody two shoe kind of person, mm-hmm. but he's also the really angry Joe Pesci kind of character too. Mm-hmm. Like the like the are you, are you making fun of me? <laughs> you know, like that that whole thing. Are you talking to and me? <laughs> yeah, he's he's ready to go off as a halfling. He doesn't take any crap from anybody. And I've already started fights all over the place with anybody making halfling jokes. And it's been really fun to play this really in your face kind of character. And I'm just throwing this character just at anything that happens. I just throw him out there thinking if he dies, I'll just roll another character. It'll be fun. But I'm playing him to the hill. Like he is full bore on no fear whatsoever kind of character. Nice. And it's kind of fun to play something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super. You know, I'll let the party figure out all the intricate tactics and details. I just throw myself headlong into whatever's going on. <laughs> so it's a very fun way to play. Um, oh, and I am. I, a lot of people were talking about it in chat. I'm wearing the shirt of the last Kickstarter I uh, did with Monty Cook, which was the best game ever. But the Tolis Kickstarter just ended yesterday, or like last night. And so it is fully funded. All yeah. kinds of stretch goals have happened. I'm getting the hardcover book of Tolis for 5e, which is going to be a great mega city to run a campaign in. And I absolutely will run a campaign in it. Um, although I don't know how long it's going to take me to read this thing. Cause this book is like, it was like a five yeah. or 600 page book. It was like on par with the Pathfinder player's handbook yeah. guide or whatever. <laughs> that was just like a, a mega book. But I also got, I backed at the level that was the PDF for the cipher system. Oh, cool version of it so i could play it as either cypher system which is a fantastic role-playing set of rules and mm-hmm. is really fun to play um also versus or i could i'm gonna have the full physical book in the 5e version which is gonna be great i'm definitely nice. gonna nice. run it so that is just yeah i i it was it was a little too rich for my blood i was really yeah. excited for it but i was I like oh to money. get the physical book you had to spend a little bit more than i was anticipating so i think when it does come out i'm gonna pick up the the PDF yeah, for fine. sure, yeah. um, but because uh, it looks really cool, like it just mm-hmm. yeah. And Money Cook is obviously a fantastic. Yeah, you know, love it. Uh, so our campaign's that. going great. It's just starting out. It's the only thing I've been doing for the week um, with my new job. I have, and I've said this a couple times, so I'm probably boring a few of you. Is that I'm trying to learn a brand new comprehensive software, so it fills my brain, and it's very hard for me to then pick up another book where I'm going to fill my brain with role-playing rules or things also I need to remember because I'm trying to get all ramped up for this new thing I'm doing. So I've I've kind of slowed my schedule down for the moment, but I am itching to run something so i'm thinking next week i'm going to try to grab some players i'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that want to play something and even, even if it's just a one shot to get back into it to get back going um i want to play i want to do something i might try something like that or i might just do you know a quick revenar session mm-hmm. dust off those characters a little bit let them run around and do some stuff and see where we're at with that or maybe try something else i mean i've got all these books here all these role-playing games yeah. that I could be playing, um, and I really should be. There's so many good ones. Yeah, and I've got the Aliens I've got, book right here, and I've I got uh, another. I've got I've got some uh, Amazon money that I've been wanting to, and I'm mm-hmm. like, should I get another, another <laughs> um, <laughs> role-playing book that well, I, I love won't have time to play? But <laughs> yeah, I love reading through role-playing books. I love reading mechanics and classes and then how the worlds are going to work and what new dice system they're going to use or mm-hmm. what mechanic, maybe they have card mechanic of some sort or they have, 
you know, a dice mechanic that I hadn't seen, or there's all these different things. And there's so many creative ways to play role-playing games out there um, that I'm excited to just keep reading about them, but I need to find more people that I can play with them, you know, like, cause everybody's, I still, you can find 5e players, just shake a stick and you'll hit one, you know, you'll hit yeah. 10 of them, but finding players for the other games typically can be a little bit harder. Now I do have a Monday night game coming up that is going to be a Savage Worlds game. So if you haven't played oh, in wow, the Savage okay. Worlds yeah. role-playing system, I will be doing that here pretty soon. It's still fantasy-based. It sounds like it's um, maybe more Act Inc. in the way that it's a fantasy world that has made dungeon delving professionalized. Mm-hmm. Like the you're a professional dungeon delver as a job, mm-hmm. and you work for a company that goes and does this but it's in still a fantasy magical world. So it's going to okay. be very, and I think they've also turned it into a, almost like an arena sport that okay. people can come and sit on the outsides and watch the, the professional dungeon delvers go through the dungeon or whatever in hmm. a Coliseum kind of thing. So a very interesting mix of, of different, um, you know, Roman gladiator mm-hmm. kind of sports, um, fantasy worlds, magic, um, corporations and teams, all that stuff just mixing in blood bowlish kind of uh, thing. If anybody have played that blood bowl or guild ball or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's, I'm looking forward to that when there's, when I got more information about that, I don't think it'll be streamed, but I definitely, what'll be cool about that is I'll be able to talk about it on the show and there won't be any spoilers because there'll be no show being streamed. So I can just talk about it as, as I want. I try not to spoil Waterdeep in case some of you are going to go back and play it. And I try not to spoil the Ack Inc. book too much in case you guys are going to go buy it and use it. Um, I think we're going from Waterdeep into um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So I might okay. also get to do the Mega Dungeon, which I want so much because <laughs> I am such a Mega Dungeon fan. I know not everybody loves that. Like, not everybody loves session after session of crawling through tunnels and combat, but I love it. I live for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. No, that has really been... Good my gaming thus far and hopefully we're going to ramp up to it but i don't want to go over too much or jordan gets mad at me so i'll (laughs) let him wrap it up uh yeah thank you guys so much (laughs) no it's really exciting uh your games sound fun i like the idea of the acquisitions incorporated with Waterdeep. i think that's really cool so you would love this game i bet yeah so much and the players that are in it and i wanted to do uh, acquisitions incorporated with uh yeah we invited you to this game well with ghosts of salt marsh i wanted to do that but um, but no, yeah, it would have been fun. Sorry. 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 Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Sorry about my, uh, internet. I'm going to reset my router and see if that fixes anything. Uh, but we, uh, yes. Thank you so much for coming out, watching us on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, very excited to always have you. Uh, we will be back next week with a special guest on the Saturday morning D&D show. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a lot of fun, uh, pending my, you know, my internet working. Uh, and, With that, uh, like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.